0: From Los Angeles, California, this is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Thursday, January 10th, 2008, Day 67 of the writer Strike. In today's episode, I attend a seminar called Strike TV Adventures in New Media at the Writers Guild Theater in Beverly Hills, where I speak to Peter Hayaguchi and Jim Cooper, the driving force behind Strike TV. What is Strike TV? Strike TV is an internet fundraiser. It's an online channel featuring original video shows created by working professionals in the TV and film industry. These shows are self-funded and owned by their creators. Funds raised by ad revenue will go toward the Writers Guild Foundation Industry Support Fund, assisting non-WGA members, including IATSE and Teamsters, affected by the strike. Strike TV videos will not be about the strike. This is a chance for riders to do what they do best. Be original and tell stories. And now, here's the details. Between now and January 15th, that's only like a few days from now, Strike TV invites WGA members to think about what they'd like to shoot and submit a proposal to them. Strike TV is open to all active WGA members. For more information visit their profile at myspace.com slash strike tv and while you're there why don't you friend me up my profile is myspace.com slash wga strike 2007 okay now our first guest is peter hayaguchi one of the guys who came up with the whole idea of strike tv let's listen
1: uh, we're at the Writers Guild Theater, uh, 135 South Doheny in Beverly Hills What's your name? Peter Hyoguchi, I'm the co-creator of Strike TV
0: Can you tell me what Strike TV is?
1: Uh, strike TV is an internet fundraiser
0: Okay, what are you raising funds for?
1: A solidarity fund So the Writers Guild of America has set up a, a solidarity fund to help people in need who are affected by the strike, who are non-WGA members because of the WGA strike There's a lot of people out of work Who are working on television shows and movies And they're, you know it's, it's difficult to be out of work For this amount of time And because we initiated the strike We're trying to help those people who are being affected by it There's been a number of fundraisers That WGA are supporting Strike TV is a member run a member supported benefit
0: How does it work?
1: Well basically what we're doing is We're going to be airing on United Hollywood Movies that the um, WGA members will be writing short films and putting together low to medium-sized budgets. Some of them high, if someone has a million dollars and they wanna make a movie, go for it, you know?
0: Okay, I'm not a writer, what's a low to medium-sized budget?
1: Low or zero, you know, I mean, $5. Okay. What's happened in the last uh, year is um, filmmaking has all of a sudden become incredibly inexpensive. Uh, so you can shoot on HD, which is close to the resolution of 35mm. And 35mm is like an hour of 35mm footage is like $1,000. So an hour of digital video, if you're doing on HDV, th- that's $5. Or if you're shooting uh, with a straight-to-hard-drive camera, it's nothing. It's the cost of the camera. And the cam- HD cameras start around $2,000. This last year, Final Cut Pro came out with HD editing software. So you can, on your laptop computer, for very little money, and we're talking about in the hundreds, um, you can go ahead and edit a feature-length film or any length film, and then the other advent that's happened is high speed internet is now, really in the last year, the majority of people have high speed internet, which brings with it. Uh, I
0: dispute that. I think there's a digital divide.
1: Okay, there is. But um, in terms of, like, I guess, viable consumers, people who can afford to go to the movies, things like that, you know, the audience that we're talking about. There are a lot of people still on 56K modem. They're poor people for the most part. But the middle class have, been, for the most part, you know, a couple years ago, internet for the middle class was picking 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 you know and now it's almost exclusively high speed and with that brings the ability to watch HD video streaming click and play technology which is really kind of now technology in the last few months so there's a a major paradigm shift which uh, in the past it would cost millions of dollars Hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to make a movie, and then it would cost upwards of $50 million to distribute any movie. And then television, same thing. I mean, you need a television network, it's impossible it's for anyone to just distribute a movie to the masses. And all of a sudden, in the last few months, you can shoot and distribute a movie potentially to the globe unlimited audience in the millions for free just there could not be a more dramatic paradigm shift in the last hundred years the advent of color sound Cinerama 3D Home video, television, they all pale in comparison to this paradigm shift, this technology paradigm shift. And so uh, some people balk and say, well, you know, no one makes any money from the Internet, from video. Well, it's only really a year old. So we're still in the very early stages of online video. And if if you compare it to the beginning of cinema... Where um, the beginning of cinema was a, was a sort of extra little bit of entertainment in Vodka. and these movies were simple. And oh, they
0: short. were Nickelodeons. They were short, exactly. five cents.
1: Right. Seven. And The number one movie at that, that time was man sneezing. Okay. It was huge. Man sneezing. But it couldn't. You know, uh, that was the movie, right? I it's mean, probably
0: better than Chocolate Rain.
1: But but right. But I mean, right now the number one movie online is panda sneezing. So. Oh, yeah. So it really has a comparable, you know, followed closely by Laughing Baby, you know. Yeah. So um, back in those days, the the storytellers from theater they had yet to actually enter into that technology, okay, okay of storytelling in, in, in film. But when they did, an entire you know the first real movie to have an audience was The Great Train Robbery. It had uh, you know, actors, it had stunts, it had a story, it
0: had a script. It
1: had a story, it's script, and storytellers came in and all of a sudden garnered a giant audience, and that audience. Represented money and film was monetized and became its own art form. And up until then, it was the think, well, you can't make money at it; it's a, it's a novelty, you know. And the same thing in television, you know, when te- the the birth of television, it went, well, you can't make any money; it's a novelty. What are you going to do with it? You know, people didn't have any faith in it. And then so Howdy Doody came along, and it uh, galvanized an entire American audience around this one show. All of a sudden, in 1956, the advertising rates were way higher for, for radio, twice as high. Okay, faith was not in television, and then all of a sudden, with Howdy Doody, comes an audience, comes monetization, comes an entire business model, and then um, it was replicated. And right now, we're pre-Howdy Doody
0: on the internet. But there has yet to, to
1: be a show. It's the technology to actually do a show is only you know for the audience to be there and the technology to be there. You have to have both of them. You know, with television, you had the technology, but not the audience. You know, now the audience yeah. there's, there's an inflection point. Yeah. The audience and technology hit, and we're hitting that in the last few months. Uh, with Blip, there's a company. It's a called perfect storm. It's a perfect storm, and with together with the writer strike, it actually is even more. Now it's a horrible thing, the strike, and it's affecting people negatively. But it couldn't be more perfect, because Hollywood is shut down and everyone's been paying attention writers and directors actors everyone's been paying attention to two mediums movies and television and meanwhile behind their back this this whole you know even better i mean when movies started coming theater people were like i don't know movies it's like slumming then when, <laughs> then seriously and then but movies overtook theater right? right and then television when television came about movie people were like ah television it's slumming but actually television has a much larger audience than movie theaters okay so all of a sudden you know now television people are going ah the internet it's slumming It has a potential audience that blows away television audience numbers. It just, there's no comparison. We're talking about on-demand, click-and-view, international. Not just America and when someone's watching at 8 p.m. Yeah. So it, it, the, time shifting, the potential is just it's just change, it changes everything. So now that the writer strike is happening, it's beautiful actually because attention is being shifted to the internet. The technology and the audience are finally here. There will be another howdy doody. There will be a howdy doody on the internet, and it will be monetized, and people will be able to replicate that model, and uh, we'll move—we'll move forward. So people who say ah, the internet can't be monetized for a video, th- yeah. they don't see the larger picture. History repeats itself and it's about to repeat itself again.
0: Do you mind me asking how old you are?
1: I'm 35.
0: Okay. What do you think of people over 40 and their use of the internet, 40 and onwards, what do you think of their use of the internet?
1: They're quick adopters. They're quick adopters. Remember it was about two years ago when my my aunt who was in her 50, in her I guess late fifties, early sixties, sixties I guess. Yeah. She sends me an email with a link. And it was um, something, it was a monkey falling off a tree, smelling his butt and then falling off a tree. And she just thought, you know, and of course I had seen it already. My friends have all sent it to me. It's like, that's like baby laughing, you know. But she got it independently from me. She's sending it to me. And I realized it's happening with the older generation. My mom sends me movie clips. You know, people are starting to get it. They just need to make the next leap. You can make those movies. It doesn't cost anything. I think the technology of it is people are kind of... They're unsure exactly how to do it, how it's done. It's remarkably... I think
0: they're intimidated. Well,
1: They might be. It's just everything new is, is, is intimidating. But this is something that's a democratizing issue. And it's really the biggest cinematic revolution in the history, in this 100-year history.
0: What do you think the greater invention? The printing press or the Internet?
1: Well, absolutely, the Internet. But it's the same thing, really. I mean, it really is. The way that that when the printing press was released, it democratized a little bit. You know, it wasn't just, okay, the king has said this. Then it became, well, the rich have said this. This is the first time where anybody can say something broadcast it to millions
0: broadcast to millions but I think the trick is for creators is to find their audience I mean there's millions of channels out
1: there that's another thing is that um, we're trying to what we're doing what we're actually doing is we're putting we're creating one channel of artists in Hollywood just like how important it is to pick it in in union that together we can move mountains. You know, if one person pickets, it doesn't do anything. It has to be the entire guild that pickets. The function of picketing stops the flow of business, and that's why people started picketing. What we're doing is picketing in the 21st century. Not only do we stop business, but we actually take revenue and the audience with us. So what we're doing is by putting all these movies on one channel, we're actually, during Sweeps Week, we're gonna be taking the audience and pulling revenue away. Not just stopping the flow. That's pretty revolutionary.
0: What's the future of big media and new media together?
1: Well, I mean, it's gonna have to just find its way. Money is power, but money—if if, if you can—if you can make a movie and distribute a movie with no money, then. In a world of entertainment, money's kind of boring. If you look at money, it's kind of green, and it just sits there. It's no exciting, no character arc, (laughs) no happy ending, you know?
0: Can't buy me love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's money, you know? I mean, if I had a choice between watching Heroes or looking at a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill, I'm going to choose Heroes, you know, every time. So creativity wins out. And if you can create something that looks like Heroes for no money, then you've won. And so that's what this is all about.
0: Parting shots anything you want to say
1: love thy neighbor
0: Ah, thank you very much that was Peter Hayaguchi of Strike TV next up is his partner Jim Cooper here we go Hey, I'm Tanya Barnes. I've been doing a daily podcast about the Rider Strike. It's oh. called the Strike Chronicles. And you are?
2: Oh, I'm Jim Cooper.
0: Jim, can you tell me what you've done?
2: Exactly. Well...
0: What have you done?
2: Is, okay, the, 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 the short version is I made a, a, a little YouTube video called Why We Fight. That was the, sort of the keynote presentation one that showed the charts and the... This explains to you why we're on strike. And that actually sort of led to this in the sense that me and Peter Hayaguchi, who's another person who put together... uh, He's your
0: partner in crime.
2: Yeah, which is funny. I mean, in all honesty, you go, the whole idea came about after 15 minutes of knowing one another. Oh, really? So, you know, how you're kind of like, hmm, wow, okay, normally things like that don't happen that fast. But he had made another YouTube video... And we were walking the picket line together. And we were talking about how many, like, views they had received. And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, literally, uh, the joke I had was that mine on YouTube has been viewed, like, almost 500,000 times. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had a nickel for every time. Yeah. You know, and I did the math. I'm like, actually, a nickel, that would be $25,000. You go, that's not chump change. Now, mind you, you know, I started doing the research and you realize what you learn about the internet is how much you get per view for an ad. I mean, the discrepancy is a, a, enormous. But in that conversation, it literally came about, we were like, well, geez, why don't we just start making stuff for the net? They can't stop us. People can start making money. And it's it, it sort of like within 15 minutes, the idea had come about, what if we just went ahead and try to come up with a channel for everyone in Hollywood? to put their stuff up on. You know, and use pre-existing structures. Use YouTube, use Rever. use Blip TV. Companies that are already doing this get up super fast right when we come back from the holidays. So rather than just sit around and wait for the AMPTP to allow us Thank to you. make movies, to just start doing it. I mean, they don't own us. And they don't own the
0: Internet either, although
2: I know they're trying. And believe it or not, one thing that we've kind of learned from all of this is it's kind of like a... Wrap your head around. We're like, okay, we're gonna keep it as simple as everyone makes their own stuff. We don't own anything. You're on your own for financing. You're on your own for figuring it out. If it's you and your brother-in-law and a friend in your garage, good for you.
0: Do the creators own the copyright as well?
2: Yeah. Well, and that's that's been one of the interesting things about this because you know we've had to talk to the different guilds about Uh because we would like to keep it union. So that it, it proves the point that the Internet can and should be Union and I disagree. Well, how can union serve its members in a digital age? Well there's two different models in my mind. someone else I'd love mind, to hear like it. 17. but okay when you're, when you're talking with like NBC, okay. there, there's the model of you're making this show the office and then you're putting it online. So you're not doing okay. it for the. I'm using the Office's example because they did the whole webisodes and then didn't pay them. They did make things specifically for the internet and were not paid for it. So that, by God, should be unionized because it's you're asking the person to do the same job that they're doing. Just your distribution method okay. is a little different.
0: So like Quarter Life's Union.
2: Yeah, exactly. Obviously, NBC viewed that as sort of the minor leagues. And, well, and it's interesting, this leads to the other concept of, you know, hey, I got a camera and an iMac, and I want to make a movie. When we talk about that being unionized... I guess that's what I mean, is user-generated content, how can that be unionized? Well, it can't... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the writer aspect okay, out of please. this for a second, because... But if you're asking your SAG friend to do it, you know, when you're asking... When you're, like, I'm the originator, I have this brilliant idea... And I want you to be in it, and I want you to do it for free. Look, I made student films that, you know, I know all about the wonderful life of deferred payment where (laughs) no one ever gets paid. But okay, but that also is back in the day when you made a student film and you hoped to go to a festival and no one was ever going to buy it. Okay. And I made like a 20 grand feature. So I'm like, there's the. the hell, it could happen. Okay. But now with the internet, you, you could post something and say you sell 1,000 ads and get your 30 cents or whatever from Google. Okay, you've earned 30 cents, so now theoretically, you got to pay a penny to, right on. to everyone. Okay. So, and, and I think more about that is the safety aspect of what's in their contracts, so that if you make your garage movie and then NBC wants to buy it, okay. being all, all those rights move up the ladder so you're not having to, like, totally renegotiate from a separate position. But this actually goes back to, like, the writers. We were actually talking to the Writers Guild about this contract, you know, and it's never been done. In 100 years... It's a work-for-hire, so you sign your copyright over, and it actually came to this conversation: Is the Writers Guild in the position to protect their members from themselves? And there's, I, don't, I can't this say, is say. This worth is worth exploring. Yeah. yeah, it's honestly right now that is not necessary. You think it'll change? No, I don't actually. I mean, you know how you kind of go, Ah, crap! I don't know if it, this is the official ruling, okay. or. They basically told us, if you are the owner of the copyright, and you are the writer, the guild's job is to protect its writers from employers. But if you're one and the same person, if you need someone to protect you from yourself, (laughs) you you know, dude, you need more than a guild. You know, you need, like, medical help. But it's funny. These are all, once once again, um, concepts that haven't really been dealt with because if you're owning your copyright that's entirely different than someone else hiring you it's funny because honest to god i've only really started thinking about this since i yeah. blew my fucking mouth oh pardon my french
0: it's okay it's a podcast uh, yeah. free speech <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo.
2: I'll, I'll do the other six words um
0: what are they by the way uh, i'll say that motherfucker, for like- <laughs> motherfucker
2: right which is a compound word but i would have to pay george carlin residuals for that okay
0: well you're saying it was first time you uh,
2: first time I've thought about this and I know this is true for like most people because dude the money is so much better getting it from a network or a studio obviously you know what I mean where you're like well you can have your hundred thousand dollar check for selling your idea or you can just kind of do this and beg everyone to be in it dude and I've done that before and that sucks it's really fun to do it once but repeatedly yeah it sucks Yeah. But here's the interesting thing, too, is, you know, now learning their, you know, companies, we would like to give you money, but we want to have ownership or partial ownership. And, you go there I do actually think the Guild's a good idea because if you could have a great lawyer, but there's something about the, like, the MBA that here are things that have been battled over for the years. Hell, if you can get better than the the minimum basic agreement, go for it. If you can get better than minimum wage... Go for it. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the concept is to try to keep that so that you're not, like, screwing yourself constantly. Once again, if you can do better than the minimum agreement, go to town. Do you think an independent
0: producer can do better than big media?
2: Don't know yet. I mean, honestly. And here's the thing. I don't think that the complete distribution method has been done, figured out yet. You know what I mean? Like, today, this date right now, I don't think you can make as much money as you can if you create a hit show on television.
0: Should I talk to you in six months?
2: Yeah, actually, once the net, I, I want to check out the Netflix box. Yeah, you know what I mean yeah, that I hear about because yeah. I, I prefer sitting down on the couch watching something on a TV than on my computer. But I think most people do. But... Well, I just got a Wii for ah! Christmas, which I was so pleased. In my in my strike cheapness, I went and sold shit out of my. Garage on, on eBay. <laughs> and then he used the proceeds to buy a Wii. Well so, dude, it was a total like net zero, but you know. It's
0: very green. <laughs> oh. Okay, we're, we're getting signals that we need to wrap this up, so I have just one final question for you. Oh, yeah. Can you talk to me about copyright and remakes?
2: And remakes? Oh, how do you mean? Well, copyright is something that it's really nice to own. Ask George Lucas, who's made a gajillion dollars because he held the rights to Star Wars rather than.
0: I'm talking about millennials who create content on the Internet, people in their 20s and younger, creating content on their Internet, remixing stuff from other artists. Well... Is that pirating?
2: I, in, my, in my personal opinion, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, here's the thing. There's, there's, a, there's a reason why, why public domain exists, and I think it's basically once people have been dead for a while, go have fun with it. But while you're alive... It's kind of heartbreaking. I listen to Ice Ice Baby, and all I can think of is, oh, dude, that's Queen and David Bowie, uh, under pressure. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You might be rapping over it, but that bass line. <laughs> you know, and, and now you only hear under pressure, yeah. and you don't hear Ice Ice Baby anymore? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of works itself out in that sense, but music is also kind of di- Different than film because there are only eight notes, but it's still art. No, no, exactly. But I'm saying there's only so many ways you can mix up uh-huh. those eight notes. And film, honestly, it's the same flipping stories. You know, you know, you're either wearing a pair of tights or you're wearing, <laughs> e- 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 you know, slacks or you're wearing your spacesuit. But you're doing the basic <laughs> same stories. And okay, Shakespeare ripped off literally all his plots. But he ripped off most of them from a really old frickin' book. So, you know, Ovid's not going, God damn, that fucking William Shakespeare, he ripped me off. I mean, the guy's been dead and buried for a few hundred years before Shakespeare did, so... It's it's almost a class thing. Dude, show some class. Seriously.
0: My last question, if you would comment, what do you think's a more influential invention? The printing press or the internet?
2: Well, asking 500 years... It's, dude, I'd say the printing press. I mean, because I don't think you'd in- invent the freaking internet unless you had the printing press. You know what I mean?
0: It's a legacy thing.
2: Yeah, and fire kicks all their ass, you know? So. Well, I mean, seriously, I mean, I agree, you know, you know agree. what I mean? It's sort of like. I totally agree. I mean, it goes back to who's better, the Beatles or, El- or Elvis? Well, the Beatles wouldn't be the Beatles without Elvis, so. In a cage match? I don't know. <laughs>
0: Miriam Thunderdome, thank you so much for oh, a great yeah. interview. Oh, thanks. You have been listening to the Writer Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike 2007blogspotcom